um, look at what you're using and make sure that it's actually going to work for your business as you grow. Because so often we just start adding in tools because um, we think they help or they're, they've got a new shiny ad on Instagram. And we don't think about how exactly that that's going to fit into our business because everyone's business is different. Welcome to Summer for Sea Experience. In this show, we'll be covering everything a new entrepreneur needs to know to set up their business and how you can grow and scale your business in the shortest possible time. If you have a question in mind, go to salmonfarsi.co slash ask and submit your question. We might answer it in the next episode. Let's begin our today's episode. Today we have with us Erin Taylor and we are going to talk about the operation size of the business, the behind the scenes and her rebranding journey from ambitious solution to luminate strategy and system design. After years of chasing a never-ending to-do list and scaling her corporate ladder, Erin Taylor started an Airbnb, quit her corporate job and jumped into her own business in the early 2020. Luminous Strategy and System Design provides operational strategy and system setup through a four-month one-on-one program. Let's jump into today's episode. So welcome, Erin, to our show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So before we start, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you start it? Basically, your uh, story. Yeah. My story, yeah. So I, I definitely went the standard route going to college and then jumping right into the corporate world. And I did that for just over 10 years before I started Luna May. Um, and I really, I really just got sick of climbing the corporate ladder and thinking, you know, what is this all about? You know, I can, I can go for the next promotion. I can go for the next uh, paycheck. But really, I just didn't, I, I lacked the passion in it anymore. And so I wanted to do something that I was passionate about that helped other people and gave me the freedom that I was looking for. And that's what's great about Luna May is because I get to do that for not only myself, but my clients as well as help them find the freedom that they wanted by starting their business. Um, and so, yeah, I started that in February of 2020, not realizing <laughs> what was going to happen that year. Um, but it was a great learning experience and um, things are going well in 2021. So I, I help branding experts really fine tune their operations. And so it's off their plate and they can focus on what they're good at. So you have That's just launched. Okay. So you have launched at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. So <laughs> how was your journey in the pandemic? Oh, well, I will say I had to pivot very quickly because when I started my company, I thought I will start locally. I'll go to all the networking events and meet all the people and, and start my business that way. And within two weeks of um, me launching, really everything shut down. And so there went all of the networking events that I had thought of. Um, and so I jumped into this online space and, and tried to make that work as much as possible. Uh, I, so I wasn't really prepared for that. I was really prepared for one-on-one face-to-face conversations, talking about what I wanted to do with my business. And I very quickly had to get uncomfortable about putting my face on my camera and talking to people that I didn't know. And, and that, and that can be really scary. Um, 
but yeah. it was it it's been good it's been good it's been uncomfortable and I think that's how you know that you're growing right is that you're in a phase that you know it's the right uncomfortable but it's still it's still hard yeah I also have a lot of what do you say camera fear yes yeah <laughs> it gets easier as you do it but but that first I mean first several months and still sometimes to this day it gets it gets nerve-wracking it's, it's funny for me because it's happened to me twice last year and also this year when I started my podcast uh, okay yeah I noticed that you added the video component too which a lot of people are like podcasting great I don't have to see my face <laughs> I love videos uh, that's uh, I would say my yeah. specialty my special power yeah okay. <laughs> so before you jump into rebranding uh, I want to ask you what is operation and what the things or responsibility fall under this right so when I talk about operations really I mean all the behind the scenes things. Um, so when you're working with your clients, they see the pretty white glove service that you're providing, all the graphics and designs that you're giving them. But behind the scenes, many times it's kind of chaotic for people. That's the part they put on the back burner because only they see it. Um, so I'm talking about your, your CRM, your work management tool, how you're scheduling your work, how your time is being um, spent, uh, the processes that you use for your business, meaning, you know, how a client is onboarded, how you handle them while they are a client, how you offboard them, as well as just, you know, processes as far as financials and all that administrative work, your social media all of that behind the scenes is kind of what I'm compiling in operations. Yeah. How can, how to work increase our efficiency, work efficiency? I'm sorry, say that again. So, uh, how can you increase our work efficiency? So oh, in, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so really I feel like those when you're in your zone of genius right like that I don't want to touch you're good at what you do there it's all the other aspects of your business so when you have anything behind the scenes that you're manually touching I want to speed that up with automation when you um, have those moments that you are realizing that you think you spend an hour on this one thing let's say planning social media posts and really it's three hours every week Many times people aren't aware of that. And so step one is really bringing to light where your time is going. And then step two is identifying where you want it to actually go and how can we get there? Because often we're spreading ourselves way too thin. And so when we focus in on what's driving your business, what's driving you to your goals, we can get rid of a lot of waste. Um, and, you know, as far as specific processes outside of automation, oftentimes just documenting what you want to do and the process that you want to take and that repetition of going through it will speed you up. And it sounds kind of terrible, I know, to a lot of people to like document a process that they do. But when you think That's about tough. like, <laughs> when you think about long term, right, eventually those behind the scenes things you probably don't want to do forever in your business. You'd love to outsource them at some point. And so that's the first step to outsource is to kind of understand what your process is so you can hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. 
<laughs> what are the common misconception about about operations? Oh, um, common misconception about operations that um, that it will be time consuming to streamline. I think that's a big one I hear is, okay, so if, if I bring you into help, is it gonna suck up my entire life for the next four months? Um, that's no, no, that's not the point at all is to add anything to your plate. It's, it's to um, look at what you're using and make sure that it's actually going to work for your business as you grow. Cause so often we just start adding in tools because um, we think they help or they're, they've got a new shiny ad on Instagram. And we don't think about how exactly that that's going to fit into our business because everyone's business is different. So looking at all those things and um, dropping what's not necessary and streamlining what is. Uh, the other big misconception I hear with operations is that it doesn't take that much of my time. Um, and so I know one step with my clients is we really just document where your time's going. Because if, you know, if what you're doing is designing for people and that is how you make money, we want to make sure that you can spend the most time doing that and you don't get sucked into all these other things that you think only takes 30 minutes. But once we track it, it takes an hour and a half. So, you know, that understanding, um, I will say every single person that I've worked with, that was a big eye opener is. I could have sworn to you that that only took me one hour and then I put a timer on and I realized, oh, it's like double that every single time. Yeah, especially when you are doing creative works. If you measure it, it will be ended by two or three hours. Sometimes it takes two or three days to finish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's always the stuff that we want to take the least amount of time. I feel like ends up taking the most. <laughs> yeah. Mm. What does operation work in terms of both B2B and B2C business severity? Um, so really it's, it's fairly similar when you look at the high level process, you're talking about, um, you know, what brings in your clients, how you make that process flow internally and what is your outputs. Um, but really I, I focus on with the, I work with a lot of B2B just because that's you know, my specialty, but B2C, you've got that extra layer of, so when I think of B2C, I think immediately of product-based businesses um, and you've got that extra layer of managing, um, you know, a stock, like what your inventory is, how to get a product in, in time to sell it to consumers. So you've got that extra layer there that definitely, um, especially lately we've seen with the supply chain disruption can be a little chaotic. And so I think that takes just a little bit extra layer of planning when you uh, are looking at um, another resource being dependent on them. So if I want to get these vessels for my candles in on time, but there's this massive supply chain disruption, like how many do I need to have in stock now, just in case that doesn't come in when it's supposed to, and it's two to three weeks late. So that type of planning, I think, is what really separates the, the B2B and the B2C, at least what I've experienced so far. Or were you thinking of a different B2C situation? No, it's really different. Uh, at the beginning stage, we, if we want to focus on scaling the business, 
in which proportion part we should focus which parts to scale uh, yeah i want to scale my whole business so right. why should i focus <laughs> where should you focus um i think that comes back to what your goals are right and what your uh, main offering is and i think again people often get distracted by all the things that they're supposed to do for their business and oftentimes if we really focus in on that one thing that's bringing in revenue and not all the extra 20% you can really expand on that um uh so and again once you get operations off your plate as far as your mind goes you've got that extra mental capacity to really think in a visionary standpoint like a business owner when you're bogged down in all those admin things you just don't have the space to really think about you know what do i need to do today to get my business where it needs to be 5 years from now and so that step 1 is clearing and giving you that extra mental capacity to really think like the ceo and then once we get rid of all the junk <laughs> the extras that you don't need to be doing you just feel like you need to be doing them right now and that really is individual um you know i like to look at specifically what the business's goals are and what tasks align to that goal and zone in there and get rid of the extras. If LinkedIn isn't bringing you any revenue, why are you wasting time every single week posting there? Let's put that on pause and get you more focused on where revenue is coming in. And and so those are the I think those are the little things. Is look at your numbers and your analytics and and what's working and what's not and drive in a little bit deeper on what's working. Just take it with you. <sighs> How do you deal with unproductive high level officers or managers? I guess it depends on what you define as unproductive. Um I think you know it it might hurt some people's feelings but I think honestly uh there's usually some leadership issues when you have unproductive managers it's either was in the hiring phase or it's in the delegating phase and oftentimes as um business owners scale and they start bringing people in they have to let go of a lot of things and that can be very difficult and so if you're constantly asking people to check in with you and not empowering them to make decisions you're going to end up with what's perceived as an unproductive person or someone that's not taking anything off your plate because they feel the need to come check in and say is this okay do you think this is the right direction you know instead of empowering them to make those decisions so i think step 1 is really looking at are you empowering them to be productive are you giving them very clear uh requests um and understanding and and letting them go ahead and make those little decisions that you don't need to be involved with as a ceo um and then too you know oftentimes especially when you first start hiring there's just you just hire the wrong people that's just part of the gig right and you have to be able to uh both look at yourself and the person and really learn from that and make sure you're hiring the right person moving forward um but i think once you have that if you're you know i think communication is really key when you get down to it if you feel like somebody's being unproductive sit down and have that conversation with them that's going to be get those conversations that 
dialogue going and say, hey, this is what I've been expecting of you. And this is what I'm seeing. Like, where is the miss here? Is there something that I'm doing that's blocking you? Um, and that'll really give them the ability to explain where they're having issues and missteps. And you can, at that point, kind of decide, is it something that I'm holding on to and not letting them do their job? Or was this maybe not quite the right hire for this position? Uh, you mentioned about in the beginning where we had the wrong person. So I, <laughs> I personally experienced it. When we start the business, we first look at our friends to hire. Right. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. friends are family and <laughs> may, yeah. not, may not be the best. <laughs> uh, they are not a good uh, options for my personal no. experience. No, they're yeah. not. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, you know, I will say that sometimes when you think maybe you made the right hire, wrong hire, if you, depending on how the size of your business, if there's maybe another place that will let them utilize their best skill sets better. Maybe you can pivot them into a different role. So um, that's also something to think about. Uh, but I agree, maybe not friends or family. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every employee of the company is important. So how can we build a strong relationship with them? What kind of system we can create so we can build a relationship with them as well as we can check they are working properly or not? Also yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, community, it always mm. comes back to communication. Right. Um, yeah. but one thing that I love to do, especially with teams is when you're talking about work and, and how work's going to be delegated is, uh, working in cycles for one. So you're planning out a specific amount of work looking forward, whether that's two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, depending on how your business runs and bringing everybody in when you do this and talking about what are your goals for the next however many weeks and what needs to be done to achieve them and talking about it as a group and then breaking those down into tasks and, and empowering people to raise their hand and say, I can do that in the next two weeks um, and, and start delegating like that. That kind of communication and open flow really gives your employees ownership over the work they're doing and allows them to see the work, you know, the little minute tasks that they're doing today actually makes a big difference when you look at that bigger picture goal that you're all going for. So when they see that full line from today's little data entry job to, you know, this big goal you're all trying to hit by the end of the quarter, they're going to feel, they're going to be way happier doing their job than if they feel they just got dumped on, you know, this job that they don't feel is worth their time when they understand what it actually um, we'll get them all too. So that's, that's one of my favorite tools for communication and empowerment with your employees is bringing them into the process. Obviously as CEO, you have, you know, the right to delegate or override, but uh, people feel a lot better when they have a part in that process, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your company's rebranding. Okay. When did the process started? Oh, gosh, the process started uh, mentally back in May. Um, and really, it started with me feeling like the name I had originally chosen and the, the route I had re really chosen wasn't, wasn't aligning with where I saw my business going. Um, <laughs> the second part was in early June when I found out somebody had trademarked the name that I had 
picked to use originally. So that kind of um, pushed pushed me to do a full relaunch instead of just a directional relaunch. So um, I started working with a brand designer in um, early July to go through that process and a copywriter um, just recently. So I'll be launching September 21st officially with the new website, the new name and, and all of that. It's been... It's been an eye-opening experience, um, and it's. I would highly recommend everyone use a professional when it comes to uh, rebranding and uh, that logo design. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll be going from ambitious solutions to Luname systems and strategy, um, which I really feel just encompasses where I want to go with my business. the The name itself is kind of a um, it's mashed together of a few different words, but it's really more of a philosophy. It kind of encompasses what I want to do with my business. So the first part, Luna, is um, a combination of eliminate and Luna, meaning moon. And then the second part, May, is a shortened version of man, which is an old English word meaning intent or purpose. So I really want to kind of put those two things in my business together for my clients is, is look at their dreams, where they want to go, um, and bring that together with their purpose and illuminate that path for them. That's beautiful. So you're Thank launching you. on the uh, 21st <laughs> September. I am. Yeah, I'm launching. When I had a fun I'm fact. going to launch whether it's yeah. ready, like fully or not. There might be some more website tweaks that you have to do, but <laughs> drew the line in the sand on that one. But, um, so want to hear a fun fact? Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely my father's birthday on this 21st. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> oh. Uh, my brother's birthday is on the 22nd, and that's why I said, oh, I should, I should do it the day before. September. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 5th of the September. Oh, really? My, yeah. my husband's birthday is the 16th. So I've got all the September things going. For yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are the things that you are doing and why are you taking anyone help with that on your, on your rebranding process? Oh, yeah. So yes, I'm definitely taking help with that. Um, uh, I worked with Christina Willis on the rebrand um, and she really, you know, it, it's great when you talk about your business yourself and you think about who you want to serve. But when you work with a professional that's really going to do those, you know, deep dive questions to make you think yeah. a little bit more, it really gets down into the, the specifics that there's no way. I mean, I tried to do it myself in the past. There's no way you get there without somebody prodding. Well, what do you mean by that? And can you give me a little bit more detail, you know, and that really gets the juices turning and that collaboration of back and forth of them being able to give um, perspective on what you're saying because uh, many times you talk about something in, in your head, you know exactly what you mean. But when you're going back and forth with someone, you realize it's not coming out the way it should. The understanding isn't quite there. And so it's been great to work with her and just kind of tweak how, how I'm saying it or what words resonate with her more than others as just somebody listening to me. Um, 
so that's one amazing part of the process just to begin with. And then seeing the design aspect come together, it's really it's really made it quite clear why you should always hire a professional <laughs> because no matter how good you think you are in Canva, it's not the same. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so we worked, um, I, I guess, July, the beginning of July through this, this week is when we kind of wrapped our time together. So a couple, couple months together working through, um, the background and what the brand itself, its voice, its color scheme, um, who who you serve, uh, the logo, and all those aspects of it um, coming together over over that time period. Um, so yeah, I think, and it's it's been refreshing. I, if anyone's listening and they've held off on hiring a professional, I would say it feels refreshing to let go of something you know you're not good at and let somebody else um, take control for once. <laughs> uh, uh, so the other person I'm working with is a copywriter. And really that was to um, fine tune what my website was saying because I felt like there was a disconnect between what I can talk about in on social media and what my website was saying and wasn't I wasn't sure why and again uh, somebody with that skill set coming in and talking through little tweaks or and telling you like this part is really important you should you know, make this a bigger part of your website, or this part is way too wordy. You know, we need a graphic here. This flow doesn't look good. Having having someone else give that review and that feedback has been been incredible. Um, so the part I'm DIYing is actually doing the website changes myself. So I'm getting uh, um, her feedback, and then I'm making the changes. Sometimes when we talk with the professional, I have personal face, it's like they ask some questions from you and you're like, I never thought of like that way. It's my company, I'm doing everything and I don't know what they're trying to say on all those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what challenges you're facing while rebranding your company? Um, challenges I'm facing while I am the, the learning curve, um, you know, just the, the fact that I chose to kind of DIY my website. I've been spending a lot of time on YouTube <laughs> doing the little like, okay, I saw somebody else made the, their website look like this. How do I do that? <laughs> and figuring, figuring out those aspects of it um, has been a challenge. Uh, I think learning the difference between you as an individual and your company as a brand um, was a challenge that I had to overcome, um, at least in the beginning. I know uh, uh, Christina taught, she, she put together this great um, mood board for me. And I, and then she was like, okay, come over here and like add some images to this Pinterest board to make sure that we're really like on the same vibe. And it just didn't mesh and I had kind of a panic attack for a minute. And then it went back to realizing like, okay, like I'm bringing way too much of my personal self into this. Whereas I want my brand to be over here in this realm. Um, and really understanding the difference between me as a whole person and then me as my 
company and my brand's voice. I think that's unique. Uh, it's something you just don't think about when you just start a business, or at least I didn't. Um, and so that's something I've really had to overcome and kind of work through is making that distinction. You're creating your website by your own. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I'm using uh, I'm using Squarespace, and then I'm using um, custom code to do what I want it to do. Uh, have you tried any themes? Those make things the whole work easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting with a theme, and then I'm building on it with custom code. Yeah. Uh, just to get it to do exactly what I want. I realized the template that I had previously been using didn't have certain features. So I have to switch templates and add in certain things. So it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm going to get it as close to what I'd like it to look like as possible. And then maybe maybe next year, I'll, I'll have a professional do that for me too. <laughs> uh, okay. I've also created my, launched my website um, on this June or July, probably. Okay. personal website. So I've done all those things. I have team, but I like to do, I have already done all my own 50% of the work. Yeah. How, how long did it take you? <laughs> uh, how long? In a wider sense, I'm still developing it. But it's it took around seven to ten days. Okay. Yep. Okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, to choose the actually the theme, it took me around five to seven days to select a theme. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah I narrowed that down just by because there was um, specific functionality that I wanted, so that cut it way down for me, um, and then went from there. I believe if you, you can do anything, if you know someone who know code. In this IT world, you can create actually create anything. Yes, yeah, you can. <laughs> it's whether you have the time and the patience, right? <laughs> You're only limited to your imagination. You're right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, we are almost at the end, so. Um, What mistakes have you made in your, what are the biggest mistakes have you made and what you have learned from it in your whole career? Oh, my whole career. Wow. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, just straight off the bat, I know I've made so many mistakes. I think, um, anyone who's honest will say that, uh, I think in my corporate career, the biggest mistake that I made was, uh, getting comfortable and not moving when I like leaving positions when I knew I had outgrown them. Um, you get comfortable with your coworkers that you like and the company itself and you stick around maybe two or three years longer than you should. Um, so I think taking time to evaluate where you are and make an honest decision, even if it's hard, uh, was one of the biggest, uh, lessons that I've learned in my corporate career, which is why, um, why eventually that I took the leap and just quit the corporate job is, you know, that evaluation, uh, in, uh, let's see, in running my own business, the biggest mistake 
uh, that I've made is not listening to everyone when they say that you need to niche down. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that, which is hard. It's hard. It's so hard. Um, uh, but it's very clear, even looking back like a year, how, how once you do niche down to a specific person, you can actually talk to them instead of talking to this imaginary audience that nobody's really connecting with what you're saying um, because you're so broad. Uh, so taking that time to uh, think about who you want to serve, why you would be good at serving them, and um, and yeah, zeroing in on that. Even, even if you just do it for six months and you want to you realize it's not right, at least you were focused for six months and you have that experience. Um, yeah, those are the two, I think, two big mistakes that I've made and learned from. <laughs> okay, so what would be your advice for the people who have just started their company? Oh, uh, niche down and uh, <laughs> and start um, start planning your work as it relates to your goals. You know, really be honest with yourself of what you want to achieve and start breaking that down into things that you can do um, every single day to achieve it and make sure that it aligns with your goal. Because so many times we get distracted by all the other things that we're quote unquote supposed to do as business owners instead of just focusing in on what we need to do to get to where we want to be. Um, and don't get too caught up with looking at other people. <laughs> we all have our own path that we're on. We don't see behind the scenes of anyone's stuff. And so uh, while it's very hard in the social media world to just um, put on blockers um, and actually block people if you need to, if they're a distraction to you or they're causing self-doubt and really focus on what you need to do to get to where you want to be. So where can our listeners find you? Ah, I'm mainly on Instagram. And so by the time this airs, it'll be uh, at Luna May Strategy um, on Instagram. Um, my website is lunamay.com. So uh, <laughs> that's how we end it. Yeah. Oh, any last word for our listeners? Uh, yeah, come check me out. Um, I, uh, I'm going to, I go live quite frequently on Instagram. I'm going to be bringing on more guests again. Um, people in the design world, people in the accounting world, things that matter to business owners and just having those conversations on Instagram. Um, so they're there and available. I've had a Pinterest guru on there, a, um, a personal trainer, a, uh, marketing individual so I just like having conversations with uh, real business owners so I'd love to chat with whoever wants to reach out great okay actually you do lives I, I have fear of lives <laughs> I've never done lives in my life whole life I've, I've made myself do lives and it's literally <laughs> with other people because it's easier than just going on by yourself <laughs> I, I'm not going to go to the extreme that you have and jump and create a podcast. So my Instagram lives, my own little personal podcast with and who I want to talk to. Easier. I would say podcasts are easy. Give us a question, bring guests and ask them questions. It's totally easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that's how we end it. All right. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button and if you're listening this on Apple podcast, please leave a review. This will really help us to make our future episodes better. Have a question in mind? Go to sonofrc.co/ask and submit your question. We see every submission and we might answer it in the next episode. Thanks again for listening. We will see you on Tuesday and Thursday. Have a great week.